You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1057 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast today. As we will throughout the Summer League, I'm in Las Vegas. I'll talk about every game as it happens and after it happens. And plenty to get to from today's game, including all kinds of stuff about Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper and much more. But I want to first plug recent podcasts. We did all kinds of free agency stuff on the feed, myself and others. I've been joined by Brian Schroeder and Tower Jones in the last week and a half and many more before that. So if you're not a subscriber to the podcast just yet, great time to go ahead and join us um, on a regular basis via the podcast platform of your choice, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, all those fun options. If we're not in one of those places, let me know. I'll get that rectified. But thank you as always for joining us. And please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Um, before we get into everything else, though, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is Stat Hero. 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. That's a fact. Is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of people, other not to mention experts who have many more tools and more time than you have. You simply don't stand a chance. But with Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows the lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you against the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage, Stat Hero is showing the lineups ahead of time, and no one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. Play Stat Hero right now and change the odds. Stat Hero gives you multi day fantasy and survivor contests for all sports all year long. And no matter how you play, there's a contest for you. Stop wasting money and give yourself the best chance at winning with Stat Hero. If you go to stathero.com slash locked on, you can sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's basically unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right. And before we get into what became a two-point loss for the Hawks in Las Vegas against the Celtics on Sunday... Uh, one bit of transactional news, that's that the DeLon Wright trade was announced, a three-way deal over the weekend. No big surprises here. The Hawks acquiring DeLon Wright as part of a deal that sends Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando out of town. But the only thing that was sort of unclear originally in the reporting was there was a second-round pick attached, but we didn't know which one it was until now. It is the Portland second-round pick in 2023 that the Hawks actually acquired just a few months ago in the Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams trade. So it was not a part of the Hawks' arsenal draft picks for very long, but that's going out along with Bruno and Chris Dunn. As I said at the time, this deal makes a lot of sense to me. DeLon Wright is a very solid addition to this rotation, to the backcourt, and he and Lou Williams definitely complement each other pretty well. Um, different players in a lot of ways, but DeLon Wright, more of a steady hand, 6'5", can play both guard spots, can play defense, play with Trey Young, play, play with Lou Williams, play without those guys as well, a versatile piece, and those guys fit together very well. So nothing terribly surprising, but I think there were some Hawks fans that were worried that this wasn't going to happen because it wouldn't have been announced. But it was it was the moratorium for the most part that slowed things down. But as reported, is now the deal, and it's done. Okay, to the game itself. Uh, again, 85-83 to 83 in favor of Boston. Uh just as a, as a disclaimer here, these podcasts will be a little bit shorter, probably the post game ones, than they are during the regular season. 
And that's pretty obvious, I think, why, but for the most part, it's because I don't want, there's not a whole lot of, like, game flow and, you know, X's and O stuff to do. It's more player takeaways and maybe some, some broad takeaways overall, but these are games that don't count for anything, so keep that in mind throughout the process here. But the Hawks ended up starting Sharif Cooper, Skylar Mays, along with uh, Devonna Cooper-Sell, Jalen Johnson, and Jordan Bell, and they used Admiral Schofield and E.B. Watson as the first subs. They ended up playing... To, uh, sorry, nine guys only in this game. That means that there were uh, several players that were available, um, at least on the roster, that did not play. And on the official listings, actually, they had Eric Morland out with a sore right hip and uh, Jeremiah Martin for health and safety, safety protocol reasons, but no specific talk about that beyond that. And, you know, kind of a short rotation, not a huge surprise. Often in summer league, you'll see that um, guys will kind of be designated to play, at least these supporting pieces will come in and play and maybe not play the next game to give everybody a chance to play on some level. But they actually ended up closing the game with Schofield almost as a center. He's 6'5", and it's definitely more of a four, but they basically were playing Schofield and Jalen Johnson as the four and the five down the stretch. And uh, not a whole lot of size on the floor. Um, you know, Joe Johnson's pretty big, but no, no like seven footers on the floor for the Hawks throughout this process. Um, kind of a weird start, though. The Hawks had this game 10 nothing at the outset. It was pretty ugly early on. No one scored for a while. Boston missed their first eight shots. They didn't score for almost five minutes, and of course they ended up winning this game. But Boston took 14 threes in the first quarter, and that continued the entire rest of the way. They were bombing, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, but that was an interesting strategy from Boston, particularly Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, who took a ton on his own. But with 10-minute quarters, Boston took 51 threes. That's an outrageous number for a full game, plus in 40 minutes, it's a pretty crazy number. The Hawks, though, did not shoot well at all. From long distance, they were 6-22 from three, and that was actually after they started 0-7, of actually, so uh, pretty ugly there. But the Hawks basically, basically a close game the entire way. The Hawks trailed early, sorry, they led early, and then Boston made, the, made the, they sort of made their comeback. Then it was kind of back and forth, back and forth, within like five points for large portions of the game. The Hawks were down one at the half. Um, turnover issues throughout there. Um, Sharif Cooper, who we'll, get, who we'll get back to later on in the podcast, had three assists in the first half. Probably should have had like six or seven. They had some drops. They had some bad finishes. Um, a filthy pass from Cooper at the end of the half to Skylar Mays. That was a fun one. But, um, you know, leading scores, uh, you know, all that stuff doesn't necessarily matter. But it's interesting to kind of get into um, who was available, who wasn't for the Hawks. But um, I, I guess broadly speaking, I'll just say this now. We'll come back to this, I'm sure, a few times on the show. Um Basically, Summer League this year in particular for the Hawks focuses on only a few guys. Like, for instance, um, Max Heidegger from UC Santa Barbara was the leading scorer at the half for the Hawks. Finished game with 12 points off the bench. He was definitely a factor in the game in terms of how it actually flowed. But is he actually a prospect for the Hawks? I would doubt it on some level. Um, same thing with, like, Javin Deloria, who had nine rebounds, second, second most on the team. Um, but played 12 minutes and, you know... I know who he is from Duke and all that fun stuff, but for the most part, we're going to focus on the guys who have the clearest path to playing with the team. Um, the Hawks were better in the second half for the most part. Still couldn't make a jump shot, though. They were 3-16 from 3 at the end of the third quarter um, compared to 11, 30, 11 for 36 for, for the Celtics. The Hawks were actually really efficient from 2 the entire game. They just could not get it going with, with regard to turnovers and 3s. Um, down the stretch, a little bit of play-by-play here, not, not a ton, but they actually had the lead for a large portion of that stretch run. There was a big dunk by Jalen Johnson to go up by 4, about five minutes to go. Um, Pritchard kind of stepped back there from Boston after Sharif actually slipped to hit a three. But it was back and forth, back and forth. Boston had a couple of opportunities that they actually squandered. And then Sharif had a wonderful pass to Admiral Schofield, who missed the layup with about 1.30 to go. That ended up being pretty pivotal for the Hawks. They got a stop. And then Johnson hit a three that actually bounced, I believe, twice. It was a very, very friendly roll for Johnson on a three-pointer to go up by four 
with under a minute to go. So if the Hawks to lose this game in regulation was pretty wild because they were, again, up by four under a minute to go. But then Boston made a three on the next trip after offensive rebound. They actually went to a Sharif Jalen pick and roll was a primary look on the next possession. Um, but Cooper had a pass tipped, ended up being a turnover because it got knocked out of balance with one on the shot clock. And Cooper then kind of they, they kind of threw like a no hope pass. They would have been much better off actually taking a shot clock violation because it ended up being a live ball turnover that led to Boston going down and getting an open shot with with Romeo Langford hitting a catch and shoot three. So basically they go from Boston goes from down four to up two with two threes in about 40 seconds. Then after a timeout. Sharif turns it over again. They had to foul Pritchard twice to get into the bonus. He made both, and that was basically it. So um, not a ton to get into in terms of like nuts and bolts. Again, the results do not matter in Summer League. I know it's better to win. Guys want to win. They're definitely trying to win. But with regard to like you know long-term impact, the, the result doesn't really matter any much. Um, but Matt Hill, the head coach of the Hawks, Summer League roster and the assistant coach normally, um, talks about their effort level. He was pleased with that. Um, the defense is switching. I thought defensively the Hawks were pretty good in this game, actually, um, at least for Summer League standards. It's worth noting that Summer League defense is usually behind the offense, but at least, at least in terms of, of scheme, but then also the shot making is bad. So it's kind of a it's a guard-driven enterprise, but guards in Summer League are usually like playmakers who don't shoot all that well. That's sort of the rule here is that you'll see a lot of inefficient shooting um, and it's also some bad defense, you know, bad help defense, lots of layups, all that kind of stuff. That was kind of the rule in this game, although Boston took so many threes that it was kind of out of whack. Boston took 51 of their 81 shots from three. Just a wild figure um, on that on that run. But, you know, in terms of stats, without going too deep into this, the Hawks basically lose this game because of turnovers and three-point shooting. Um, they had 18 turnovers in the game uh, compared to only 11 for Boston. That's a, that's a significant change. And then three-point shooting, again, Boston wasn't incredible. They were only 31%. But on massive volume, the Hawks were 6-22 on smaller volume. And in the end, Boston takes 14 more shots than Atlanta in this game. And only five fewer free throws. So that's just kind of swing the balance most of the time. Rebounding-wise, it was an advantage to Boston. Not a huge one, but an advantage there. And three-point shooting was kind of the key. So we'll dive into a little bit of that stuff along the way. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the broad strokes of this first game. I know a lot of eyeballs in this one because it was a Sunday afternoon. Um, it was actually the first game of the entire Las Vegas Summer League. In the smaller gym, to be fair, at Cox Pavilion, but plan to get into from that, but that's kind of where we are for now. And then after the break, we'll get into the individual breakdowns and stuff that I saw from the key pieces for the Hawks. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is Built Bar. With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but Bet Online is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at Bet Online and Beyond Baseball. There is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at Bet Online. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to the Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKED ON. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and uh, one note quickly on Cam Reddish. Um, over the weekend, Steve Coonan, the Hawks CEO, not always on the basketball side, more of a business guy for sure, but he did a visit with 92.9 The Game, the Hawks flagship radio station, um, earlier over the weekend. And he, t- and he said, actually, that Cam Reddish asked to not play in Summer League. I'm going to read the quote to you. This is actually from Mike Conti, uh, passing this along, who also works 92.9, the radio on the radio side for the Hawks. But um, this is a quote, again, from Coonan. The way Cam felt coming back from the playoffs, he did not feel rust, and we, we saw a great performance from, from the playoffs. So he asked to opt out, and we said, great. End quote. So, Coonan does not speak for Travis Schlank necessarily in basketball ops, but it's obviously he would know and be in a position to know that. So, no other comment that we had to go off of, but it seemed like Cam didn't want to play, and, you know, there you go on that. He was actually in attendance, by the way. The Hawks uh, had Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Troy Young all courtside for this game, and Tony Ressler I actually saw in the building today as well. So, a bunch of Hawks luminaries for that first contest. No ill will, it seems, with Cam courtside with his teammates, but uh, he did not play. And that's the latest that we on what we know at this point in time. Um, before we dive into Mays and Cooper and Johnson, um, just quickly on the other guys, uh, you know, Devon Purcell is a professional basketball player. Like, he is a very, very solid piece. He's a little bit older than you would want, which is why I'm not talking about him a ton. But he was good in this game. 13 points, 8 rebounds, had 2 steals and a block. Um, a veteran, played overseas a, co- a couple times, played in the G League. Um, has been in the NBA before as well. I think he is a guy who you know wouldn't surprise me if it was like you know he's like a, he's like a ten day guy later on in the season that kind of stuff. He's been around and is definitely a real basketball player. I want to at least mention him. Um, Ev Watson had some nice moments. I thought um, out of Dayton as a shooter hit two threes off the bench for the Hawks. Admiral Schofield I thought defensively did a very very nice job. I thought he was the best defender um, at least in terms of the non core guys. You know taking Jalen Johnson out of it. I thought Schofield was pretty good defensively. Offensively, not a whole lot going on there, but had four assists. Did have some ball movement stuff and had six, seven rebounds, and he closed the game basically at center. And then Heidegger gave him some, some secondary shot creation, I should say. So not a whole like loss. Jordan Bell had some interesting moments on both ends, like had some nice flash plays, and also struggled a little bit with his you know hands and finishing around the rim uh, on at least one on at least one instance, and also had two turnovers. But um, that's kind of it for these uh, supporting guys for now. We could probably talk about them a little bit more later on. I mentioned Javon Delore giving nine rebounds earlier as well. Um, Skyler Mays, we'll go to him now. He started at the two, basically, alongside um, Sharif Cooper, ended up playing backup point guard for the most part. They went to Mays and a little bit of E.B. Watson and Heidegger on the ball, but mostly Mays is backup point guard. He actually played the most minutes on the team. Not a huge surprise there because they tried to stagger at least a little bit Cooper and Mays in this game. It was a very Skyler Mays game in a lot of ways. He had 13 points, had an assist, had a steal, was plus four actually, but did not shoot the ball well. Um, he talked about this a little bit earlier. I played the audio. It's actually still in the feed right now. 
of the pre-summer league media availability. He talks about shooting being a focus for him. He didn't shoot it great in this game. Um, but I thought that he ran the second unit pretty well, um, drew a charge in the backcourt, did the little stuff that he always likes to do, had a nice traffic, uh, sort of in-traffic finish in the second quarter of this game. So he wasn't awesome, but I always have liked Skylar Mays. He's just a, kind of a rock-solid guy. I wish he shot, shot it a little bit better, and he know, I think he kind of knows that. But for the most part, he was pretty solid. Had some rebounding issues, though. Did not have a rebound in this entire game. Had couple, missed a couple box outs, I thought, in the fourth quarter. But um, overall, pretty solid from Skylar Mays. Uh, we're going to show you Cooper now. Uh, Cooper actually airballed his first jump shot. Started out pretty slow, but settled in pretty well. Obviously had some bad turnovers at the very, very end of this game, but, but that, that definitely should not um, sway people against Cooper, who I thought was generally pretty good in this game. He had 11 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds. It was 5 left from the floor, 0 of 1 from 3. Um, did have 6 turnovers, though. That's a high number, but not uh, not a terrible one because for the most part, you want a guy to kind of push the limits a little bit, and Cooper, um, with his playmaking ability, you want that to definitely happen. And it was very noticeable. It's something I talked about after the draft as well. He gets wherever he wants to go on the floor. There were very, very, very few times in this game where guys were able to slow him down off the bounce. Now, getting the, all the way to the rim and finishing is definitely more of a challenge, but getting into the paint, it was pretty easy, it seemed like, for Cooper. He had a couple of nice finishes though around the rim, a couple of crafty things there, a couple of awesome passes. There was one to Jordan Bell that was filthy, and then the behind the back to Mays at the end of the first half. Um, a good finish, actually, in the half court with about five minutes to go to give the Hawks a lead. And he had a pretty insane pass to Schofield that he actually missed the shot on at the end. After the game, Cooper kind of said that he didn't always give defensive effort in college, which I think if you watched him, that was very obvious. But him saying that's probably a good thing that he at least knew that. I thought he was better defensively in this game, effort-wise. He's not going to be good, I don't think, at any point. But him just kind of buying in is kind of all you need to be able to be at least kind of passable defensively. And both Johnson and Cooper talked about playing with the other one and really enjoying that and having the, having the talent out there. So... I think, broadly speaking, Cooper was pretty good in this game. Lots of flash plays. His passing, I know I've been saying it a lot in the last couple weeks, but it really, really pops. No big surprise to me, but if you haven't watched him play before, hopefully that was obvious to you. And then also the ball handling, getting, getting into the lane and causing the defense to collapse. So um, kind of what you'd expect. Like the shooting, not quite there yet. The finishing was up and down, but the passing was real. Uh, some rookie carelessness, too, with the ball. So... I think all in all, a good start for, for sorry, for Shreve Cooper. And then we'll get to Jalen Johnson here in a second. Um, Johnson, interestingly, you know, I thought he was pretty darn good in this game. You know, I thought Cooper was good as well, but Johnson was better. And I thought you pretty much can't ask for more than what they saw from Johnson in this game. Uh, 20 points and 10 rebounds in 25 minutes. That alone is pretty impressive. Now, the turnovers, he had five, and he talks about that after the game. That's something they want to clean up for sure. Um, but overall, like you can't, you know, the production's there, the flash plays were there. Defensively, he was kind of dialed in. You know, early on, he missed a couple jump shots, and they played small, Boston did, so he was actually able to play with play against Aaron Neesmith a lot, which is an advantage size-wise for Johnson. But he had a nice Eurostep floater that actually went in the game. Um, they used him in the post a little bit. As an initiator, also some high post stuff in the mid post as a facilitator, someone who can attack off the dribble. Uh, Transition-wise, he definitely showed his appeal. He had a nice putback dunk, actually, that got waved off early on um, that after Sharif kind of blew by his defender. But a nice, con a nice contact finish late in the first half. He got called for a goal 10, but a huge block at one point. He had another one later on. Um, all kinds of, you know, the block against Carson Edwards is definitely making the rounds, but... A few mental issues, as you might imagine, for a rookie who's been thrown in the deep end, as Matt Hill's been saying. They're trying to throw a lot of these guys. That's definitely very apparent. 
but some really, really nice flashes on both ends of the floor from Jalen Johnson. The half-court offense is the, is the question offensively for sure. And, you know, there was one nice turnaround jumper, but even then it was against a guy who was smaller than him and it probably wasn't the greatest shot to take in that spot. So he's going to have to figure out his arsenal when he's in the post in an ISO or if he's just in a, in a set where he's not the focal point. Because in, in Summer League, he's going to be kind of the focal point. It's him and, it's him and Cherie for sure. Um, but, you know, again, overall, his passing showed up a few times, I thought. Um, Matt Hill talks about him um, affecting the game on both ends of the floor and taking advantage of the switches that he got, getting, tra- getting points in transition. That's all very pleased. And uh, Hill also said he was happy with the effort and energy overall from Johnson. So, you know, Jalen said he hadn't played in six months in terms of actually in the game in a game setting since he left Duke in February. So he talked about Sharif as well. And uh, this is sort of the money quote people were sort of talking about. I know Sarah Spencer shared it on Twitter. Um, but Johnson said that he immediately went out and found one of the assistant coaches on the Hawks staff and said he wanted to break down the film right away and find out what he can do better. That's a good sign. You know, it also could just be coach speak or you know, player speak in this, in this instance. But you want, to get, you want a guy like that to be dialed in like that. Talks about limiting turnovers as well, being assertive. But again, the flashes were real here in this game. Like, if you did not know that Jalen Johnson was a number 20 overall pick, you would have thought he was a lottery pick in this game. And now I thought he was a lottery talent anyway, but it showed up in this spot. Like, he was the most talented player on the floor, um, pretty clearly. Now, Boston has some guys who are former first-round picks. You know, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford. Carson Edwards is a, a prospect as well. Uh, Aaron Neesmith was a you know fringe lottery pick, basically. Um, Johnson is a lot more talented than all those guys. You know, maybe you could say Langford, um, but even then, you know, Johnson's talent pops off the screen in a, in a big way, and that was very clear from moment one. I'm not sure he's going to average 20 and 10 in summer league because that's kind of a, a tough ask. But man, he was good today. Um, not a whole lot of criticism to have. Maybe the jump shot a little bit and the half court offense, but uh, defensively he was dialed in. If they get that from him defensively, if he's if he's focused. And executing, you know, there could be some mistakes for sure, but he has the length and the ranginess to make up for those. So uh, all in all, a pretty successful start for the Hawks. I do not care that they lost this game. I know the end was kind of excruciating. They probably should have won this game. But um, the guys who matter, uh, and that for me is Johnson and Cooper for sure, and also a little bit of Mays, those guys were all fine, good, or better. So a nice start overall for Atlanta. They'll play again in a couple of days on Tuesday, and we'll get into that as well. But that's kind of all I have for tonight into Monday. I will hopefully have another podcast in the next day or two. But at the very, very latest, I'll be back again with another show after the game on Tuesday. So please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends, and we'll see you next time.